Genre. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Return of the King, one brief glimpse of Aemir at a time. I'm Norman Mitchell. <laughs> I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And joining us again today from various dueling genre podcasts is Nick Jimenez. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, so today we're talking about Minute 12, which starts with Pippin finishing his line from yesterday says, we are sitting on a field of victory and enjoying a few well-earned <laughs> comforts. And ends with Gandalf's face after Aramor, uh, after Amor shoots him uh, a quick look. A look that pretty much says, uh, are you sure about that, bitch? Like, why, that's pretty much the look on Amor's face. Why do we need him alive? Just, no, we need him alive. And Amor's just like, excuse we? <laughs> I have other plans. Just. Amber's like, absolutely not. We find out why we need him alive tomorrow. Yes. So yes, this this minute has the reaction of salt and pork. Yeah. It's great. It's another, uh, it's it's a great, uh, funny Gimli moment. Um, mm-hmm. Are you guys in favor of the kind of progression or, la- or I, I guess like the arc of Gimli in this trilogy? About how he kind of gets goofier with each movie. Not generally, no. Okay, like in a in a narrative structure sense, no. But I am fond of a lot of Gimli moments across all three movies. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of the things where like I remember enjoying all of them so much when I was watching them as a kid. But I've since kind of read criticism and kind of expanded it. Kind of like oh, I could see. Yeah, he he's kind of he's he's a badass in Fellowship, and then he's kind of always like the the butt of the jokes in the, in the sequels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Isn't that kind of kind of John Reese Davies' lot in life in a lot of movies? Oh right, kind of happened to Sala, yeah. Like his introduction is kind of awesome, and then as the movie or the the series of movies goes on, he kind of gets a little more bumbly. He shouldn't be so good at being almost thrown off a horse. <laughs> I guess. I guess not. <laughs> Whoa! It's just kind of a it's kind of a weird little theme in his his film career. I know yeah. the way. I think it. I, I think it does him a disservice because he is so cool yeah. in mm-hmm. Fellowship, and then. I mean, clearly he's just good at physical comedy. Yeah. And which I, I know you are into. Yeah, and I'm. I mean, I guess Peter Jackson just kind of ran with that, perhaps a bit too hard. But he's got good comedic timing. I love the "it's a little tight across the chest" thing. Mm-hmm. Like those kinds of moments. Oh, I think I'm more. Where, I'm a little more suit, fond of where his chainmail falls down. I'm like he's a little baby. Yeah. yeah. But like I think those moments are a little better than like the moments that happen in the middle of battle scenes. Oh, like the toss me stuff or like Yeah. Cuz they they kind of help diffuse tension in a different way without necessarily making Gimli look like a joke. Mhm. But yeah, this this moment is a little more akin to the we could have shot him in the dark moment from Fellowship. What do you mean? In what way? Uh in that it's it's like a verbal setup that doesn't necessarily make uh, it's like a little joke. It's not intended to like make Gimli look like a total fool or anything. It's just kind of a funny little, little bit in the movie. Yeah, he's a well, hungry I mean... boy. 
just fought for 12 hours. He's been awake all night. He's riding a horse. Dwarves hate horses. It's just like, and here they are, feasting and smoking. Is it supposed to be a joke? The way he says salted pork? Uh, Yeah, I think so. What's it supposed to be like, oh, he's hungry too. Like, he's, you know. Hey, what? Salted pork? But I, I, we're definitely intended to laugh. I think the way the moment is framed because everyone else just kind of ignores it, but it's clearly, it, it's clearly meant to be a sort of comedic reaction to the to the hobbits mm. because it's immediately followed by Gandalf scoffing and saying hobbits. Yeah. Always giving everybody salted pork. <laughs> yeah. Um. Are they eating raw bacon? I hope so. <laughs> it looks like they're eating raw bacon. They could. That's be. what salted pork is, right? Yeah, bacon. It could be pork belly. Like jerky. Yeah. I'm going If it's back. heavily salted, it, it's cured. It's safe to eat. Ugh. But the texture. I mean, like, most bacon is in general safe to eat because it's cured. I know, but the texture of raw bacon is not. I mean, I like my bacon I, still floppy. No, that's weird. You're wrong. Not, well, I like, you know, these, these people just want battle. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. But uh, I, I like that Mary is just like, we're under orders from, from Treebeard. Mm-hmm. How do you know Treebeard is? Yeah, that no. bacon looks raw. Yeah, it could be. Creepy. It's probably gelatin. I love Mary's, like, sassy, like, vape <laughs> exhale. Yeah, his little <laughs> bow forward and just, like, letting the smoke out. And then uh, we get to hear Treebeard call Gandalf young Master Gandalf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, I, love, I love those ends just pounding away at Orthanc. <laughs> just like, can we <laughs> knock this down? <laughs> you hear them creaking. They're like They're incapable walking. of getting bored. Right? They don't really get tired. That's their superpower, man. Yeah. Yeah, they, they don't get bored. They don't get tired. They eat by just standing around in the sun, like, <laughs> whatever. They're trees. I thought they drank that, um, that, like, crazy psychedelic water. The ant draft? Yeah. Sometimes, but maybe not always. I mean, Got it's kind of implied draft. that what, uh... <laughs> Yeah. It makes us crazy and see things. That's why we can stand still for so long. We're just zoned, man. Whoa. It's just LSD. Your Nobody. Aunt so- <laughs> Sorry. Your aunt sounds like a Muppet, and I love it. So. It's almost Fat Albert. It was like, it was real close. Uh, hey, hey, hey. It's Treebeard. It's great. I just love the little like digital animations in the background of them just like throwing a rock at it or like just hitting it. I like uh, I like Treeborg. Uh, Treeborg. <laughs> like I like. I mean, it was a robot. Uh, it's like meme version of Treebeard. I like Treebeard's little series of lines here about you know wood and earth and stock and stone. I can muster, but there's a wizard here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What am I supposed to do with this? You're a wizard. You deal with this guy. Right. This is your problem now. Not my circus, not my monkeys. So, deal with it. What is Orthanc made of? Uh, obsidian. Have we talked about this already? We must have. I mean, it looks obsidian. They need a diamond pickaxe. Dragon glass. That's dragon glass. <laughs> I don't know. It's just it looks like a single piece of obsidian, which is completely absurd, and I don't know where it would have come from. Yeah, it's really good at look, and both both Orthanc and Baradur are really good at. Like, they don't look like they were made by people. They look, like, otherworldly somehow, even though they're clearly yeah. made of metal. Yeah, like, Baradur is all metal and rivets and slabs of stone. But, like, 
Orthanc doesn't look like anything in real life, really, as far as a building goes. Mm-hmm. It's like sort this of is the like... kind of thing someone builds in Dubai. Yeah, it's kind of Tolkien's or, you know, this movie's like Tolkien's vision of industry, this sort of nightmarish, garish, so not of the earth or natural. I think is older than Baradur, though, right? By a large, like by a long shot. Um, Because we see them building. The original settlers from Numenor in Middle Earth built it. Okay, so there's like Uh, elf magic. Yeah, there's definitely some magic, uh, but... I don't, I don't know off the top of my head, but I feel like Baradur is probably about as old, if not a little older. Isn't Baradur the big tower that we see them building in Mordor? In yeah, but that's them rebuilding it. Oh. Um, it was destroyed at the end of the Second Age. Right, so it's this one is older than the tower. Well, than the current it. one we're seeing, yeah. But the one we're seeing is a rebuild on the foundations of the old. I see. And made bigger and grander. Than the right. one that was there before, right. because... They, they tower of Babel. Yeah, because yeah. Saruman is arrogant. Well, Sauron. Yeah, Sauron's <laughs> arrogant, and Saruman's <laughs> arrogant, too. It's just all arrogance. All the time. 24-7. All the time. But yeah, this uh, this whole sequence with Saruman, they, uh, they, they cut this whole bit with Saruman from the theatrical. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, they didn't even want to... They, they wanted to avoid Isengard completely in the theatrical Return of the King. But they were just like, well, how do we put the Palantir in their hands? Yeah. Like, we have to go here. So they cut, like, as much as they could from the theatrical and, like, really pared these this extended scene down and just cut yeah. Saruman out of it. I mean, I, 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 very, I, I very much remember that single shot going up Baradur of, or I think, of Saruman kind of, like, hugging himself. Like, he'll stay up there forever. Wait, let's go. And being very like oh is this, am i not gonna like this one that really sucks <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's also some wonderful talk from richard taylor about this pool that they're all standing in that's so gross it, it's really gr- and uh uh billy boyd mentions it too in the cast commentary that this pool of water and horses and the horses were just pooping in it all day too. yeah so they're wading around in this pool of horse dung gross this this soup of horse dung, as Richard Taylor says in his Richard Taylor way. Thank you. Which is upsetting. <laughs> and then Billy Boyd talks about being on his knees in it Ew. and having to like dive in it to get the Palantir. Oh no, that's gross. She's like, ah, oh, I'm sorry, they Billy. They didn't like clean it out. I mean, the horse is just going to keep going. Yeah. You ever been in a parade? Like, yes. The horse don't stop. I they know. just they We've just do what they do. Parade, Norman. Obviously, God, yeah. The horses just keep going. It I've actually matter. been in a surprising like number of parades. <laughs> <laughs> or just like stuck behind a horse on the road, and you're just like, "Come on!" And it just, <laughs> oh, thanks. Uh, we sh- we sure do get like one shot of Carl Urban. Just the, just the one so far. Oh, it's just we need him alive. Just uh, a really criminal underuse of Carl Urban in, in this movie. In all of in both of these movies. Just not enough Carl Urban. Oh man, it's a it, it's a it's a crime of ignorance. Yeah, I don't think they knew what they had on their hands yet. Mm-hmm. He's just like he's the guy you get for supporting characters and whatever you're doing for sci-fi or fantasy. You just oh, you know who we can call Carl Urban. He'll be someone's second banana. That's fine. <laughs> and he's Judge Dredd. And he's Judge Dredd. I haven't seen that. 
Oh, it's it's great. It's a lot of fun. Uh, speaking of Game of Thrones, Lena Headey as like the 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 drug lord villain. Nice. There you go. She's uh, she's 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 scary. She's a great villain. She's a great actress. Mm-hmm. She's real good at being evil. Yeah. Is, isn't she Sarah Connor in those the Terminator movie? Like yeah, the show? Sarah Sarah Connor Chronicles. Yeah. Yeah. Which those that that show's okay. It has two seasons. I've only seen a handful of those. The Summer Glow is the Terminator. Yeah, I knew that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't, I don't really have a, a whole lot else for for this minute. Mm-hmm. No, do you have any any notes? It's a light week. Yeah. Um. Well, Nick requested this this chunk of minutes. Uh, oh yeah, I did. You know what's so funny is I I genuinely was like, oh yeah, Saruman also almost kind of dies in this. I thought like, I was, oh my, am I gonna get both? Am I gonna get Saruman dying and the, um. Yeah, actually, you know, like kind of, kind of touching on what I what I said in the previous minute. Like, I don't know. Like, I it, it's a it's a light, funny moment seeing Mary and Pippin partying, but if you're you know hanging out and enjoying each other's company. But it really speaks to, I think, the values of Tolkien and also the values of this story that it mm-hmm. takes time to show you moments of. I think it like yeah, the, to, to Tolkien and the, and the heroes of the story, this is like what matters in life. Mm-hmm. It's the small moments of companionship with like people that you care about. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I haven't mean, I haven't seen that talking movie from a few months ago. That all it it had a lot to do with like the male camaraderie of like him and his schoolmates who became like his you know fellow soldiers and stuff. And so now whenever I watch these minutes, I can't help but or this part of the scene, I can't help but think about oh wow well, yeah, talking actually like fought in World War One and probably did have to create that com- that British comfort of home in a literal hellscape. Mm-hmm. Right, and not in the like blackadder brewing tea between the trenches kind of way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In a very kind of, I'm sure just like finding what you had. I'm like, okay, well, we have a crate of this. We have some of this. We have some some tobacco weed. Let's let's celebrate. We're alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Um, like compared to last movie, because I feel like they maybe it's just been a while, but I feel like they dial back the Merry and Pippin shenanigans. Mm. From mm-hmm. two tower, because like those scenes felt so out of place, almost in the midst of everything happening. Yeah, and then they were just like you know, like fart jokes and stuff. But like as part of the aftermath of something, it feels more natural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their guards down. Mm-hmm. It is really just kind of interesting though to think of the opening scene of of a uh, the movie proper, like after the sort of initial pre-titled bit is like an aftermath scene of something that happened in the of, in the last movie because generally when you write a movie your aftermath bit is like how you end the movie like there is credence to that drive to like want this to be the end of that story but like so this is just kind of it's kind of weird but these movies and i mean we've said this a thousand times like they, they weren't filmed like other trilogies are right like these were these were filmed as though they were making a single movie i don't really mind this so much because it's like easing you back into it yeah like like nick said oh the the, the guys who like to have fun are back you know yeah. like, <laughs> this is like oh are we gonna have more fun in this movie yeah yes like, and even no if, even if you're like a married couple from north carolina who haven't thought about any of these characters since like last christmas like you'll be like you'll enjoy this right it's just like oh the fun ones mm-hmm. Look at those little troublemakers. The other two small ones. <laughs> it's, it's the uh, it's the other two hobbits. The less important ones, but they're funny. Oh, they like I die. wonder. They're the ones I, that could die. No. 
Okay, I wonder how many people actually like have a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern like problem with Marion Pippin or kind of view of Marion Pippin. Oh. Where they don't like see the difference between them. I wonder like how common that is. Because in the in the text, you know, you have the the little tag telling you who's talking all the time. Right. Whereas like in the movie, how often are they actually referred to by name by other characters? They get a, they get their most separate to do in this one for sure. Yeah. Where Mary and, has a very different arc than Pippin. Yeah. But like in the in the first two movies, like how often do people call them by name? Like yeah. Gandalf when he's mad says fool of a tuck. Mm-hmm. But like Mary, I don't even know why you're here. <laughs> right, yeah. I don't even know why that one's in the room. <laughs> he doesn't do anything. I've never really thought about that whole Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Like, they've always, even when I when I read the books, and, like, after I became aware of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, like, in high school, yeah. I always kind of thought Mary and Pippin were maybe Tolkien's kind of nod to Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. But they do something. Right. But, like, in the, they're so similar in, like, temperament and attitude, like... Timon and Pumbaa. Yeah, yeah. like, that same sort of deal. Like, Timon and Pumbaa are directly Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Right. And then Simba has to murder both of them to succeed. In this one. Uh, <laughs> Damn. I watched Lion King one and a half. I know. Oh, yeah. Right? That's great. <laughs> Which, it, like, the, the Lion King one and a half thing just makes me smile because Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. It's like a thing that was actually done. So it makes me smile that Lion King Hamlet, did it too. I'm going to be here all day. So. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I always kind of felt like Mary and Pippin were the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of this story. Like, most of their role is kind of to be, to provide comic relief and levity, and it's a pair of them that have very similar attitudes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're not opposites. Yeah. I guess in Two Towers, that's the most um, apparent. It kind of is in the first one, too. Like, it's it's not really until this movie when they're forced to be split that, like, it's clear that they're different people. Yeah, I guess so. Like, if you're someone who's never read the books and is just watching these movies and you've only seen them, like... And when you saw this, the two towers the year before this and fellowship the year before that, like to you, these are like the same, these, these two characters are completely intertwined. They're like the same guy. Interchangeable. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, as we shall see, that is not the case. Yeah. Nope. I also love Pippin and will defend him with all of my heart. So like. I am aware. <laughs> but yeah, I think, uh, I think that does it for today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow uh but you should check out other podcasts on duelinggenre.com like the protagonist podcast doctor's companion which, which where you can also find cassandra and nick yeah hopefully as of this airing we'll be back soon question mark uh sure. i don't know and you can we'll see you can check out the backlog of countdown to infinity we kind of talked about marvel a little bit this week Mm-hmm. so far uh and they're gonna keep releasing reviews as more marvel movies come out i think so I'm pretty sure. So uh, keep an eye on that and go listen to the two audio dramas on the website, Geek by Night and Immunities. Yes, please. They're very different. One's horror and one's superheroes. So if either of that is your bag, go for it. And enjoy. Yeah. So uh, we'll be back tomorrow to talk more about uh, Orthank and Mary and Pippin and everything else. And vocab. And, and vocab. Yeah. Bye.
genre.